hashtag Tim and Sid. Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous Swap. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Edutaining the masses. Sports edutainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Is my way of saying this is Tim and Sid. <laughs> this! My family gets pissed off at me with that. Why are you always yelling at the start of the show? It's called energy, man. It's another wrong with my, it. It's my it's thing. Energy. You're a pro. Fu- Can't just cut guy. Welcome to Tim and Sid. He's Tim McAuliffe. Um, so you got to get a little juice. You got a little, a little, little something in your buttercup. I don't even know what that means. You need a little something in your buttercup. You know what I'm saying, Miguel? Last last time I had something in my buttercup, I was single. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Cancun. (laughs) The final version of Tim and Sid for 2020. That's right. Final version of Tim and Sid with Tim and Sid. I'm gone for the rest of the calendar year after today. Uh, Thank you for making time for us. Uh, A little later on, we're going to give you a proper thank you. Um... By the way, we're live on TV and radio. I'm Tim McAuliffe. That's Sid Sixero. Later on, we'll say thank uh, you Well-deserved, uh, not technically two weeks officially, Tim, but uh, two weeks in a day. Um, Ontario, as, as a boxing day, will enter full lockdown. Mm. What are the, plan- are the plans this holiday season oh, for got, vacationing yeah. Tim McAuliffe mm. any different than what you've been doing the last eight months? And I, know, I think be- I know the answer to the question, but I'd like to throw it out to you. Oh, hold on, Sixero. I may throw a curveball at you. Come on. Ladies don't tell me you have actual things to do. Get out of here. Boys and girls. I can't there take might it. Be more, there might be more walks. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. 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 So you're going to see, like, more trees and, like, more parts of the neighborhood that you haven't seen recently. Like, that's, that's all coming to the fore? Maybe. Maybe even a skate or two. Just not, not in Calgary. Going... Just yeah, not in Calgary. Uh, yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah, no. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm skating. Get over here. Um, don't go on like lakes or rivers. Do you do that? Are you that guy? I know Can- Canadian hockey culture is built on that thing that's really dangerous, but do you do drunk, that? Drunk. Or are you Okay. So where you that's where did you potentially that's like that's, whose backyard you potentially list, eh? What? That's my bucket list. To go to Banff yeah, going and, to like, Lake Louise, around? going to Banff. Yeah. 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 So me too. Fun. I just I don't want to I don't want to die. But like I'd love to do it for the gram. Yeah, I'd love to do it. But like I'm the guy who's when you, if you're skating in that environment and you, we've all seen the photos like a million times, right? It's amazing. It's unbelievable shots. I'm always thinking how do you know which ice is soft? How do you know where the safe ice is? And if I'm holding a dog, like I don't want to hurt the dog. I've seen that pick a little bit recently too. Like I want to make sure everyone's safe. That's how I think, Tim. That's how I think. Well, there's people so that can be- drill into the ice, see how thick the ice is. What if the guy's off that day? But, what if he's off that day? Well, you could do it, you jag off. <laughs> like, you could figure it out. You Look want me to up. drill into ice? No one around me within 80 yards <laughs> wants me to drill into ice. 
Anyway, and we have a, we have a topic for when we come People back. People drive trucks across lakes because they figure out what the depth of the ice needs to be before they start Good doing these for things. You. Good for you! Good for you with your ice truck. I don't want it. I don't want have anything to do with a mutual a mutual colleague of ours, James Ladd, for years. Uh, we worked on this at the Score Television Network and Sportsnet. Fine ice fishing, laddie. huge ice fishing guy. Like has has huts, and then and he tells me these stories about like so what happens if the if the snow. If, what happens if the ice gets a little uh, warm? Like, what what happens if there's there's you know if things happen? They're like, oh, they tell you to get out, and I'm like, okay, so what? Ha- so then you leave, and it's like, no, you wait for it to freeze up again, and then you go out there and you get more fish. I'm like, doesn't that ever freak you out? He goes, nah, I ice fish. So I know in the minority of this, like a lot of people in Canada love ice stuff. Well, but you never right? leave Toronto. Like, let's be honest. Like, you're not a cottage guy. You're Dude, not. I a... grew up. I grew up. I'm a. I was a woodsman in Mississauga growing up. Okay, don't even give me that. <laughs> By the Credit River? Are you kidding me? Yeah. They call me. I'm Paul. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Portuguese Paul Bunyan down there. All right, I was walking around, <laughs> just catching catching salmon, swimming upstream, and just hacking away at a at a branch by Reed Miller. That's what I did. Shout out right. to anyone who knows what that means. Um, anyway, just be careful on the ice, Tim. That's all I want to say. Enjoy your vacation. Well deserved. Well deserved. Right. Just don't fall through the ice. Because that won't be there to protect you. Here's a segue off that. You're the guy 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 I'm looking for. I would normally protect you in that situation. I won't be there. I'm here with DJ. (laughs) Busy show, McAuliffe. Here's what we got. Let's go fishing for some stuff. Nothing yet on the uh, free agent front in Major League Baseball. What gives? We'll ask Mark Shapiro, president of the Toronto Blue Jays. Next hour, he'll join us. Canadian Olympian Sarah Nurse. We're proud to call her a friend of the show. She'll stop by as well. Chevrolet's Goodwill Cup. Is up and running pretty soon, good and deeds I believe cup. get it right. The, sorry, right. Goodwill Cup, Good Deeds Cup. It's all about it is good. Goodwill. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. I just fell through my own eyes. Good Deeds <laughs> Cup will be right behind Sarah Nurse. She'll be joining us. We'll talk about um, the deadlines for that, and they're expanding how many kids and hockey teams can apply for that. So we'll talk yes. about it. Also, uh, speaking of hockey and good, it was good news if you're a hockey fan in this country over the weekend. Return to play. Brian Burke, hockey analyst here at Sportsnet, will join us in hour number two. And why don't we just start off with that story that dominated so many timelines and airwaves across this country yesterday, Tim? I think it's that's right. That's right. Ariana Grande was engaged. Finally, I really hope, and I'm not kidding when I say this. I hope Pete Davidson's okay. I hope Pete mm-hmm. Davidson's still. He didn't get over it initially, and it's tough. You know, like everyone's concerned about Pete. I hope he's okay. Hope he's good. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I'm just I hope Pete Davidson's I didn't think okay. It would be it's a Pete tough day. Davidson, but whatever. Well, they I had a long, rela- a long, yeah. a long, complicated relationship. So I hope Pete's okay. Okay, uh, that's not what Sid was talking about. He was talking about the fact that hockey was yes. back, and I figured I'd throw a curveball. I didn't think it would walk down the Pete Davidson line. I got Ariana Grande takes for days, man, for days. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't tempt me, McCallum. Don't tempt me. You got me. rings, lots of rings. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, six <laughs> of them. Pretty, uh, I don't bad. know. Where and when hockey is back. Actually, I do know when. I just don't know where hockey Correct. is back. But Sydney, uh, one step at a time here, one step at a time. After a week or two or a month or two of speculation, uh, the big announcement dropped on Friday just after we went off the air. An agreement on puck drop between the league and the PA. Then yesterday, details of said agreement and how things shake out, which includes the all-Canadian division we've been talking about for a month, and then everyone acted like it was new news because we're all begging for something to talk about. What are you most looking forward to in all of the details, 
all of the confirmations or lack thereof? I'm going to hit you with two things off the front, Tim. I, I, I anticipate getting horns for both of them. Right. I'm not going to assume, but I anticipate. The first thing I am most excited about is not having to talk about return to play any more. I don't want to talk about it. Baseball, you're on deck. Pardon the pun. But for hockey, I don't want to talk about it. Second thing I'm most excited about. Yes. Because there are, there are concerns that you and I will dive into here and, and rather serious concerns in, in certain parts of the country. But if I'm going to keep it positive and light, which is tough to do in 2020, I, the second thing I'm most excited about is I think the, the first thing, it would normally be the first thing, but I made it second, maybe my bad. All right. That division. That division we thought was going to hang out down south late last week. That division consisting of all seven Canadian franchises. That division that's going to go tete-a-tete and Mark Spector pretty much confirmed we're going to get at least 10 Oiler Flame games in this 56-game regular season. It is a Canadian division. It is the North Division. It is Canadian on Canadian hockey, and I am here for it. I'm hyped. McAuliffe's hyped. I know you're hyped. And after you see this thing we're going to run here, you're going to be more hyped. Roll the thing. Canada, let's go. Let's go. Oh, Canada. That is whistled down, and nobody is happy now. This is unbelievable. Wow. This just keeps getting better and better. So we got the real problem here. This is all-time hockey now. Well, this doesn't look good. He's he's really, really in a lot of pain right now. Oh, it was intentional. It was a filthy, dirty kick to the back of the leg. Line brawl to start this game. John Tortorella has gone over to the Calgary Flames hallway. Okay, he's got to calm down. Yep. Look at this. They got both clubs coming on the ice. Look this out. is bad. Look out. At the siren, everybody is oh, on boy. the ice. This is bad blood. Why can't this be a permanent thing? Oh, it's a thing, Six oh. Arrow. Oh, and it's not a thing. And not my idea to throw in Nordique's Habs at the end, but I'm here for it. It worked on so many levels. Um, let us just for a moment, McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. And sink that in. Seven Canadian teams over 56 games. Chris Johnston of Sportsnet just tweeted out to him. He didn't know exactly who was going to have this wrinkle in their schedule, but the schedule's laced with two straight against a team or three straight against a specific team. Like, there's a lot of those, obviously, for safety reasons. CJ just said there's a four-game stretch between a couple of teams. He can't say who yet, but it's four straight. Let it be Oilers-Flames. Let it be Battle of Alberta. Let it be that rivalry. I am so excited for this, Tim. I can barely put it into words. Let's go. Is there any drawback? Like, it feels like we're almost starting. Our, like, the, the consensus love in Canada for this all-Canadian division seems like we're almost starting our own league here. Like, that's how excited people are about this. Is is the one drawback, if there was one in all this, that three teams won't make the playoffs? 
Uh, I'm willing to offset that mathematically. You're right. And for those for those who didn't watch that closely, top four in each division go through to the playoffs and they work it down inside the division. And whoever wins each division after two best of sevens, they go to the semi. So you will have a Canadian team technically in a Stanley Cup semifinals. Tim, I'm willing to take that if it means three Canadian teams don't get in. I want all the Canadian teams in, just so I'm clear. But if you're telling me one is in the final four, uh, I am all over that. Now, they reseed the four teams based on points, FYI. I don't know if it's just for this year. Who knows how this is going to play out in the future. But uh, um, I, I will take the one Canadian team in the final over three Canadian teams missing in a heartbeat. The question McAuliffe is, who was the one Canadian team? I don't even know if that's a question for today. That'll take us an hour. Like We have so many things we got to hit. I'm almost it's, – it's, I think all Canadian teams, even Ottawa, feel like they're trending in the right direction. And at the end of this year, even if you thought, okay, Ottawa was bad last year, they have no business making the playoffs. This year, I'll accept it as they're the growth team. They're the team at the bottom looking up saying we got to take these steps. Even if you took them out, there's two teams that are going to be remarkably pissed if they don't make the playoffs this year. Like, even if you're Winnipeg, you're going to be mad. Calgary, you're going to be mad. Like, I know you're saying these are the breaks, and I understand it. But I don't think that there are two teams in this country outside of Ottawa that are prepared to miss the playoffs. But it is going to happen. Better win some damn games, then. Because I think you're right. I think outside of Ottawa, everyone thinks they got it. Let's remember the two teams that had the most wins, Tim, at, at the time of the suspension of the NHL season, March the 12th. Edmonton, Winnipeg. A lot of people don't remember that. But it's true. Now, Toronto and Vancouver, like, they weren't far behind. It was just Montreal and Ottawa, really, that were drifting. Everyone else was kind of close. But there are a lot of teams who fully expect to come out of this division who, you're, you're right, are in for a big-time surprise. Um, I know what you're asking me. You're not asking me if I'm going to lose any sleep, because I'm not. But um, the suggestion is you better get off to a good start. The question is, Tim, how do you get off to a good start with no preseason? <laughs> like, how, well, do that's, you, how do you get off to a good – this is so bizarre. Like, how do you, how do you just – like, which is it the young team that's more equipped? And that's a question for Brian Burke later, but is it the young hockey team more equipped for such a frenetic start? I mean, you only had two games in I the think last be, return to play. It's not like you had a huge runway to get going. I don't I know. It'll be such a crapshoot that we won't know. I don't, think, I don't think it'll benefit. I think some teams with stable goaltending, I think goaltending right out of the gate is going to be yeah. important, right? Because even if for you sure. aren't going, they can steal you a few. And we saw that with and, the Oilers. And Tim, depth at goaltending, not just goaltending, depth. That's depth, why I think yeah. the Habs are in a really unique spot here with Jake Allen. And, and they spent, was it two-plus million on the cap on Jake Allen? Or was it three? Yeah. Forgive me. Uh, and everyone was laughing. And, no, and the more this point, played yeah. out, the more this played out, Mark Bergevin is looking pretty damn smart for having not only a guy who can help out Carey Price in what could be a crazy sked here. We haven't seen it yet. But what could be a crazy sked, but also come the expansion draft, um, you're covered. Because Jake Allen might get a look. So you don't have to worry. It's just a brilliant move from the Habs on a couple 4. of fronts. 4.3 million. Sorry, 4.3 million. What was I saying? Forgive me. 4.3 4. 4. million. So, um, yeah, there's there's certain teams equipped uh, in certain areas for this uh, far better than others, I think. Donnie writes in and says, I love it, especially as an Eastern Canadian who goes for the Oilers. This is great. Earlier start times and games against Toronto and Montreal. I don't know if people have 
have understood all of the time shifting that you're going to have to do with this Canadian division. <laughs> that will be a little bit of a pain in the ass if you're working, say, a 9-5 to five in Vancouver because you're going to have a bunch of Eastern time zone games or more than you're normally used to. And Greg writes in and says, as a Wings fan in Canada, a Canadian division might be a nightmare without the NHL package. At least I could watch them play versus Canadian teams once in a while. How many non-Canadian division games will Sportsnet air? That'll I be mean, uh, I, can be guarantee few, you, I, I, can, I can guarantee you those conversations. Like how, many, how much is local? Like what he's asking is how many of those games are local and will get blacked out for the rest of us and how many would be national? There is a, a knuckle fight going on, a bare knuckle fight going on in boardrooms and conference calls right now across Canada to try and yeah. figure out how many local TV and radio deals get satisfied uh, in in comparison to the Rogers national deal? Like this is there's a lot there's a lot of conversation I'm glad I'm not having because it's it's pretty complicated because uh, there are a lot of networks in this country that pay a lot of money for hockey and I'm just not going to claim only one does because they pay the most. A lot of teams a lot of teams get a lot of money from Bell and Rogers, so it's going to be interesting how that plays out. But I I would assume Tim can, considering the ratings that are on the line here, blacking out any of these games is probably a mistake. Now I don't know how you work that out with local advertising in Vancouver and Edmonton and Toronto. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not I'm not smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> but I'm but, gonna make the decision anyway. But I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna make it audible here online, Tim, and just just say and hopefully hopefully our hockey people are cool with it. Just try not to black out any games because I because I think I think it's it's a win win for everyone if you can figure out a way not to do that. But what, what the hell what the hell do I know? I'm sitting in my basement. <laughs> uh, Red, Red writes in and. Yeah, Red writes in and says the NHL team with the most guys who used the time off wisely, kept in shape and skating, et cetera, will have the best start. Does that mean young guys or does that mean mature guys? We shall see. That That's a great point because we've seen in the NBA and we saw in the NBA where some guys came in out of shape. And I'll tell you another thing. COVID is going to hit the NHL the way it hit everything else. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. So, Guaranteed. So, I'm not hoping for it, but guaranteed. You can't avoid it. No, can't avoid you it. You can try to. You can mitigate. Yeah. Good luck. You can do things. But uh, I have a feeling, especially the teams in the United States, who aren't going to – like, listen, if Canada gets to play in Canada, here's the part that we have left out. Is the Canadian division going to be able to play in Canada? When we were talking on Friday, there was the idea out there, and I didn't buy into it, because, frankly, they had already let the cat out of the bag, and I thought even if they had to move it to the States, it was going to be a Canadian division. Lo and behold, I'm right. But will they have to move it to the States? Well, they can't. They have to keep it on one side of the border or the other, right? Like, that's the whole point of this. You can't cross that border and play games within the same amount of teams. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So the only question is now between provinces. Like, can Vancouver play in B.C.? After what we heard today from Ontario, can the Leafs and Sens play in Ontario? No one's really sure how this is going to play out. But the fact that the NHL would make this announcement, this North announcement, they basically said, we're going to play these games in Canada. Not sure where in Canada to start with. Don't, don't, have, don't have that nailed down yet because we don't have a schedule. But these games will be played in Canada. That's just your take because they haven't announced that. Just for those who are listening and watching Correct. and don't understand. Sid's saying that they're going to be played in Canada. I don't necessarily completely agree with that. But... Sorry, are you saying some, some teams play in Canada, some teams play in the States? Is that, that's not what you're no, saying, No, no, I'm right? saying you'd have to all play in the United States or all play okay. in Canada. See, well, my thinking was if you, if, if you went to the States, then the whole North Division doesn't make any sense because then you're crossing multiple time zones, and what's the point of that? 
That's how I took well, that, but well, I could be wrong. Not if, not if you're in a hub. If you're in a hub, yeah. The hub is the way around that, definitely, if you're in the United States, but or that's Canada. one way around it. You might might have to in Canada. <laughs> well, I got Dr. I Bonnie got Henry speaking here. in BC, Tim. Did, did you, are you seeing Dr. Bonnie Henry right now? Uh, I'm, I'm not on Twitter, but I can go look, and I, I could guess what she's saying. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry right now in the NHL's plan, quote, we just received the plan in the last few days. We're considering it. It's not my only priority right now. She goes on to say, we're not the only province that expressed concerns. We've given options back to the NHL, end of tweet. So, I, I, again, considering, considering how, how stringent BC was in July in terms of the bubbles and how mm-hmm. close to the finish line they came to bringing in the National Hockey League, like BC, as we've as we've seen, they're not afraid to walk away from that from that deal if they don't like all the parameters. The fact that Bondi Henry in BC hasn't completely shut the door is a positive, because these numbers are way worse than they were in the summer, obviously. And the fact that they're still having the discussions, if you're the NHL, I think that's a good thing. But as we've seen with the Raptors, as we've seen with the Jays, as we've seen with some other entities, uh, it ain't over till it's over with this. So we'll see. Right and. Listen, I know. Oh, we're we're gonna run out of time here. That was twenty. Really, that was twenty minutes. Really, really. Do you want to get? Yeah, we got to get to the NFL. The the one thing that I will say, and I might be disagreeing with Sid on a tweet from earlier today, and I hate doing this on the air, but when we're trying to save time, I do it. The question is not: Is hockey an essential service? I think we all know it's not. Um, and I think when Ontario and BC and Alberta are talking about this, we all know hockey's not essential. What you're asking about is, is this safe? And that's the part of this that I think gets blurred when we're talking about all of these things in society. Some are essential services, and then is it safe? And I think that the governments need to look at both of these things because it's not just millionaire hockey players that are affected, right? Like there no, that's, are that was, that was the point of, of my, that was the point of my tweet actually is that if hockey's allowed to come in, listen, man, I, I saw a lot of sound today from owners who were scared to death in Ontario, that this is it. People who have been in Toronto for years, right? They don't know if they're coming on the outside of this. My point is I don't, if you're a political figure in Ontario or anywhere else in Canada and you pull that, because you feel like you have to, but say it's let's let's get the Battle of Ontario going again. That's going to be tough for that small business owner to swallow. Is my point? Correct. Very tough. Very tough. And right. as we sit but, here, they no, they haven't been given the okay. So who knows where that's going to go? But I couldn't help but think of that today. And quite frankly, he had a very quick non-answer to that question, Tim Doug Ford, when he was posed it today. He didn't want to deal with it. He said the health table's looking at it. He didn't right. want to touch it. Didn't want to this. touch it. Let me pass this buck because I don't want to make this decision. Well, he he this can only pass it on for so long, though. He can only pass it for so long. It'll be interesting. And, I, and f- for the small businesses and the big businesses, I think the same thing. Is this safe? We need to right. be asking that more often. Is this safe? Would this lead to increased community transmission? Those are things we need to be asking. Uh, but that's just one man. We'll take the break. When we come back. Week 15 in the National Football League concludes tonight with probably a Pittsburgh Steelers win. Yeah, probably. Guaranteed. Although after probably. yesterday, maybe I, I, after Elliot Friedman picked the Jets yesterday, I don't know what's going on in the world. My God. We will tell you about <laughs> Nostrafrigis 
and <laughs> the rest of the National Football League. Sarah Nurse and the Good Deeds Cup. Mark Shapiro and a great award for the Toronto Blue Jays franchise. And Brian Burke all lined up on this edition of Tim and Sid on Sportsnet Radio and TV. Hockey's back. Tim and Sid, coast to coast on Sportsnet Television, locally in Toronto, Sportsnet 590. The fans still to come, Sarah Nurse, Mark Shapiro, and Brian Burke. That is the guest list for today. Week 15 of the National Football League, Timmy, is in the books. Unless there's a f- hockey follow you have off that segment, and there's a lot of people with hockey follows today, quote-unquote. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to add, because I felt like 20 minutes wasn't enough for us, which is not an uncommon thing. I was going to no, jump right into the football, but uh, I wanted to, wanted to let it breathe a little bit on the back end if you had some. Nope. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on because there's so much to get to today. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, by the way, breaking news, has agreed to a four-year $80 million uh, deal with the Orlando Magic. He is the second. Uh, Luke Kennard also agreeing to a deal. And somewhere, O.J. Ananobi is smiling and getting texts from Masai Ujiri frantically before a 6 p.m. Eastern deadline. We would hope. He can sign. Um, you want it done? Yes. Yeah, I heard you with Writer's Block uh, on the radio side before we started with uh, with Jeff Blair and, and Stephen Brunt. Uh, and I think your point is uh, is valid in terms of there's a, there's a possibility here. OG and Obi looks at the landscape and sees Fred Van Fleet. Fred, Freddie got eighty four million. That's what he got yeah. eighty four. If you're OG and Obi, there is a real possibility here. You're the most important Raptor this season. Because you can get better. You're 23. You've already got a defensive base that's fantastic. You can already hit a three. You can already score a little bit. If that improves, I don't know. I, like if, if, I'm, if I'm repping OG, is this the time where you lock in like that? Or do you want to see how this season plays out for the Raptors? Yep. The only thing that I would add to the OG, OG might be able to get more after this year because he's going to be a key factor here and that's what Sid's referring to but he also had a, um, a season-ending injury at Indiana in his final year with yeah, the injury yeah. and so the, the appendix might... the appendix burst in the postseason like weird right. things have happened to OG Tim it's a great point so it so gives you a different perspective on if you see a bag and someone's throwing it at you and you've seen that and you've seen the rehab side of life as, a, as an athlete and you've seen the adversity side of life as an athlete mm-hmm. sometimes just psh, take it see ya Ozzy Albies, get out of here. I'm good. I'm straight. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what the criticism is. Doesn't matter what the criticism is. So we'll see. I hope. I hope that. I hope it gets done. I'm an OG guy. I think we're all an OG guy. I hope it gets done. We'll find out later today. And he could have a big year. He could have absolutely. All right, the NFL. Another exciting weekend in the National Football League. Week 15, as mentioned before the break, finishing up tonight. Monday night, Steelers and Bengals. Pittsburgh will most certainly be gunning for a win. Uh, after your Buffalo Bills, Sydney clinched their first AFC East title in 25 years, taking care of business, at least Alex Sixero's Buffalo Bills, after taking care of business on the road Saturday in Denver, dominating the Broncos. Uh, some some whispers even, and this happens every week, but some whispers that Josh Allen has entered, entered the MVP race. So can I ask you, how far can this team go? I, I still think there's a, there's a ceiling in terms of the actual championship in the AFC, and I think you and I have brought it up every time we've talked Bills for the last month, um, that that team in Kansas City, who right now are just starting to kind of work Le'Veon Bell into their equation more. 
Like we haven't seen the real Le'Veon well, Bell for a while. To. They're going to have to with Clyde Edwards-Alaire out. Um, but they can. But, but my point is, I think KC can even get better. Like Le'Veon Bell, we know what he can do. I don't know if he's the same player, but it's got to be in there somewhere. So if they work him into the equation a bit more, I don't think KC's beatable. I do not think they're beatable. The only team that can beat KC, uh, pardon the cliche, Tim, is KC. The Bills have tremendous potential. Their running game, Devin Singletary bust one for 50 yards this weekend. I mean, it's against Denver. But there is some potential with the running game more and more with each passing week. That's an AFC title team if they play their cards right and get the proper draw and avoid Kansas City. They can get to an AFC title game. They might be better than Pittsburgh right now. And and we're not going to be able to read anything from Pittsburgh tonight. God bless them. It's not their fault they got Cincinnati. But I think think AFC title game is where they, they should shoot for realistically. Everyone wants a title. You're not beating Kansas City. You're not. They, they can beat you on a good day or a bad day, Kansas City. You're not beating Kansas City. We do this every week in the National Football League. And listen, every time the Bills get another win, they impress you more. But after they lose by 12 to Arizona, everyone goes, "Well, they're you know, there's the Bills are a seven and three team." And then they reel off four straight wins, and they do them against pretty good teams: Chargers, whatever the hell they are, uh, Niners, whatever the hell they are, Pittsburgh and Denver. But the Browns did it last night, too, against a terrible football team in Awful. the New York Giants. And everyone looked at the Browns and did the same thing, right? Well, may- maybe maybe these guys can do some real damage. And maybe, and we got to stop doing the, you just beat a bad team and looked really good doing it. Because that's I, I not do, fair. I, no, I, and I'm glad you brought that the up. Week before. No, but I'm, glad, and, but I'm glad you brought it up. Because, like, they've had weird games where they lost by two to Arizona on the, on the Hail Mary. Like, they've had those games. But there have been times where they've just cleaned the clock of a club that isn't worthy. You can't – if this were college football in the States, you're not moving up the rankings doing that. You're not getting in the BCS unless you play six games like Ohio State. But I digress. Um, <laughs> as a Michigan guy, I think Tim would appreciate that. I, I, I'm with you, Tim. I'm not over the moon – with what happened over the weekend. And that's why I'm tempering right. kind of where we're at. They're good. They're good. Yeah. No one's disputing it. They're good. They are the best team in that division. Yes. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady had to leave, but they are the best team in that division. And Tua and the Dolphins are being run by a smart head coach for a change and Brian Flores, and they are only going to get better by the week because they got banged up and still got to win over the weekend too. So, mm-hmm. but I just, I want to temper the let's go Buffalo thing when you beat Denver, for the love of God. Like, it's got to be something a bit better than that, right? right. It's got to be something a bit better. And, Tim, I'm looking at the final two games here. Patriots on the road Monday night next week, home to the Dolphins Sunday afternoon, uh, January the 3rd to wrap it up. Maybe, maybe the Dolphins game is more of a barometer. It's, I think it's a good point. It's worth saying. A lot of, cause a lot of Bill's hysteria on social media. Tons. Tons. But the, the, the funny thing to me is, um, so it's a good team. It's an 11-3 and team. Bill, Bar- Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. And the same can be said about the Browns. But you look at their losses, and okay, the Hail Mary against Arizona, throw it out. I'm good with that. Your two losses are Tennessee and Kansas City. And those are two teams that you'll probably face in the playoffs. It's telling. Right? Tim, it's telling. It's a valid point to bring up. It's, it's, now, in any, in any other sport, I hate doing that. Well, you beat that team, and that team lost to that team, so that means you're not that good. Or that team beat that team, and that means by process of beating – you're, right. Football's the only sport, Tim, where I think you can do that. I think you can, do, with a straight face, do that. And there have been moments where the Bills did 
what they were supposed to do. And I don't want to criticize the team for beating teams you're supposed to beat. That's what you have to do in football. I, I think it's a gr- mm-hmm. it's in any sport. I hate doing that, but in this yeah. Bills discussion, I think it's a valid avenue to go down. That you got to slow your roll. You're looking ahead. You're a looking little ahead. Bit. You're Another looking ahead to yeah, who they're going to face in the postseason. Right. And and same thing with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns look really good last night. And they look like they might be able to beat a few teams, except that the Giants offense sucks. So the Cleveland defense we're still trying to figure out, but don't judge it when they're playing the New York Giants. But we do this every week in the NFL because it's such a machine. The week-to-week knee jerks are just nauseating. Uh, worst decision, Tim, a punter throwing on fourth down at the goal line to a center in triple coverage, which the Giants did yesterday, or the Jets winning a football game in Los Angeles? What was a worst decision yesterday? Well, the, the, the decision to win, listen, it's the Giants by far, and there's no decision to win a football game. Like, let me just set the, just set the record straight for a split okay. second here. Okay. No one on any football team decides that they're worried about what draft pick the franchise is going to get next year. If you play football, you play to win the game. So same franchise, Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. If there are guys in that locker room who think about where the franchise will select next year, you need to get them out of the locker room immediately. You think Sam Darnold is worried about where they... He's playing for his career. That first overall pick will be the guy to replace him, even though he'll probably be replaced anyway. Frank Gore. Frank bleeping Gore. He's going... This is his last year. You think think. he wants to go out on an 0-16? Yeah, I keep thinking that. You think he wants to go out on an 0-16 team? Like, I get why the fans are upset. I get, but the media actually looking at this team and saying they can't even lose properly is ridiculous. These are grown ass men who are professional football players. They're never trying to lose a game. Like, that's ridiculous, and it spits in the face of every professional who has ever suited up. None of them want 0 16 hung on them. It's ridiculous. I would agree with you, which is why. Management above them, as we, as we go to break here, management above them has to take care of it and keep Greg Williams as defensive coordinator because then they go yes. home in 16. Right. And then they get Trevor Lawrence from Clemson with the first overall pick because the players got to play. The players are they're paid to play. Right. That's, that's, it is a ridiculous notion that you brought up. I, I completely agree with you. I've never agreed with it. That's where management has to step in and put in as many terrible coaches as humanly possible to make sure none of those players are in a position to succeed and you beat Jacksonville out for that pick. Which didn't happen yesterday. Is there any way that James Harden is going to the Toronto Raptors? Do we have to bring this rumor up? I'm surprised you brought this rumor up. Now, I know I would want to bring this rumor up, but I thought you would poo-poo it immediately. Like, I feel dirty talking about this rumor. I feel dirty. Brian Burke, Mark Shapiro, Sarah Nurse, all coming up on this edition of Tim and Sid. Got a shower after we talk about this. Sportsnet Radio and TV. Timothy and Sydney, coast to coast on Sportsnet TV, locally Toronto, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Coming up, NHL hockey is back. Brian Burke just after the 6 p.m. Eastern hour. And Mark Shapiro 
as the Toronto Blue Jays win for the second time the Allen H. Selig Award for Philanthropic Excellence. And That's awesome. Of philanthropy, Sydney. Helping out your community. It's all good. Uh, Sarah Nurse, a friend of the show, Canadian Olympian, has been kind enough to join us. That uh, For those listening on pod or on radio, a massive trophy is just lurking over her right shoulder. It is the Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup. It is year five of the Chevy Good Deeds Cup. Uh, this is year one for Sarah Nurse. This is ambassador for said Good Deeds Cup. Sarah has been joining us, or has been kind enough to join us. Always great to see you, Sarah. How are things? How's the family? How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Everyone's great. Timothy and Sydney, I love that now. Is that new? <laughs> that's, that's the government names. Pronouncing our full names is new. I don't know if Timothy and Sydney is marketable. Um, you know, this is, uh, let, let, let's talk about Good Deeds Cup here first, and we'll, we'll dive into some other things. You know, helping each other out, uh, especially in 2020, is kind of important. Uh, I've gotten a new, I'm seeing it through a new lens myself here, Sarah. What, uh, for those who aren't familiar with, with the Good Deeds Cup, and I know we've talked about it a few times here on the show, what, what, what is it? How is it given out? How does it help communities? And why should any young hockey player want to be involved in something like this? Of course. So the Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup is a program that basically empowers and encourages young minor hockey players to get out in their community and impact it. And this year, of course, with COVID, um, we want everybody to stay safe and healthy. And so we don't want people going out into their communities. But this year, it's all about the ideas. And so we want to hear about your ideas and how you want to impact your community. So um, it's it's a pretty exciting and pretty uh, awesome year for this. So teams can share their videos uh, on Twitter by January 28th, 2021, using the hashtag uh, GoodDeedsCup and tagging at Chevrolet Canada. But like like all of us in this business, this is all about the pitch this year. This is all about coming up with ideas on how we can impact the community, right, Sarah? Absolutely, and there are so many creative and thoughtful ways that this can be done. Um, honestly, as hockey players, we are used to success and we're used to competing. So even though we may not be able to be on the ice this year, um, off the ice doing good deeds for our community is so important. And so you can donate funds to you know your local hospitals. You can start an equipment drive or a book drive. Like the the opportunities are endless here. And so I'm so excited to see what our young hockey players come up with. And normally this is a, just a peewee thing, but they're expanding it this year just because they, they anticipate so much more attention and interest. So if you have under 11s through 15s and you would like to take part in this and pitch your idea on Twitter, uh, please go ahead. As Tim said, uh, they're, taking, uh, they're taking nominations and, and ideas up until January the 28th of next year. Uh, Sarah, I saw a video you posted on the gram. Uh, earlier today, stick handling in the backyard, getting the message out of the Chevy Good Deeds Cup. Uh, we've gotten that message out a little bit. How good, how good did it feel though to get out there? Like I, I had, a, I, I got the sense you were enjoying yourself. You're itching to it, kind of do that more. Is is the sense? Yeah, of absolutely. I mean, like I absolutely love it, and it's it was kind of fun. Like when I was making that video, it was snowing. Like I felt like it was outdoor hockey season. <laughs> so um, it's so fun. I mean, I along with a bunch of young hockey players, I'm itching to get back onto the ice. And so when you know health and safety guidelines permit, I can't wait to be back on the ice and and be competing. You know, it's funny as the uh, as the cat walks in. You're allowed to have cats on set. It's fine. Yes, yeah, a cat. Uh, she just yeah. jumped right in. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Our yeah. Dogs are the best. Dogs are the best. Get out of here. Cats are independent. <laughs> Hold thinkers. on. Independent people. Love them. Sarah travels, so she has to have a cat. What's your excuse? Yes, exactly. There she is. All those making her TV What's her, her name? Sarah? Olive. 
Olive. Olive. olive yeah. Let me extend an olive branch to her. As, as we sit here. Oh, boo. Okay, finally. Cat got so, his tongue, Sarah. Finally, we're dominating the show. Cat finally, people. There we go. We got our life. There you Don't go. Don't worry. Oh, we've had everything walk into the. I, my kids have walked in. My dog has walked in. We're good with the cat walking. So, so the one thing I, I've also been wearing, like, I've been wearing this shirt that says, be a good human on the front. And we're going to have Mark Shapiro on the show. And the Jays won, as I mentioned, a philanthropic award for the entire franchise, which is great. Like, this isn't a good. A new thing for Chevrolet, the Good Deeds Cup, but man, does it fit this year! Like the idea behind it is just go help people, is it not? Absolutely, um, it's it's an incredible initiative, and truly, you know, this year we look at what's going on um, within our communities, and an initiative like this is so important. And I think as hockey players, as, as Canadians, we resonate so much with hockey and the skills that we learn in hockey: leadership, discipline, teamwork. Um, are so transferable off of the ice. And so I hope that young kids take these skills that they already have and they've already learned through hockey and ultimately show it off of the ice and, and impact their community. Canadian Olympian Sarah Nurse here on Tim and Sid. Sarah, I was, um, forgive me as I drift here a little bit because we don't get you on the show often and we always appreciate when you jump on. Um, we haven't seen the NHL 56-game schedule yet officially, but there are numerous reports that uh, of the Canadian division, Oilers Flames will be getting to see each other 10 times. Are you worried for Darnell at all? Is that, is that, can <laughs> that's you, a... you hear that schedule specifically as a loving family member? I'm assuming you're loving. As a loving family member, do you worry for Darnell that this is a level of Battle of Alberta that no one has ever seen and a nurse is now skating directly into the eye of that storm up? Yeah, honestly, and we know Darnell doesn't shy away from any kind of fight or altercation. So, I mean, like, this is a steamy rivalry. And I think this whole all-Canadian division, the Battle of Alberta 10 times, like, it's going to be intense. And, I mean, it's going to be great hockey to watch. So, I'm excited, for one, to see it. Um, I know all these guys are worried about, you know, where they're playing, when they're playing, how they're playing. Um, but, like, what the hell are you guys dealing with as the NHL prepares to go back? Like, I mean, besides keeping the hands nice and smooth as they were in the backyard, like, what are you doing to keep yourself active and wait for the next opportunity to build on that great momentum that the women's game had built pre-pandemic? Yeah, I think obviously with COVID and what's been going on, it's been unfortunate because as women's hockey players, we've had so much momentum in the past and it's kind of stopped a little bit. So we're going to have to kind of re-up the wave. But as I wait until, you know, the possible world championship in a few months, um, I mean, I'm still on the ice as much as I can. I'm in the backyard, do it working on my hands. And I'm also in the gym because we have to be ready for the next time that we have the opportunity to play. And so that's just what I'm doing because I want to be ready and I want to be at the top of my game. We, uh, Sarah, we just have a couple minutes left here, but I got to ask you how, cause we, we've all recalibrated everything this year, whatever it is. How, how will you look at the game of hockey now after this moment? How much more do you appreciate it? How much more is it possible for you to love it even more than you had prior to this? Absolutely. I think if, there's one thing this has taught us is what we all truly value. And I mean, obviously we all value our families, but we also value our passions. And so 
having all these restrictions and having to deal with the health, health and safety guidelines and not being able to be on the ice with our full teams or even at all, depending on where we are, um, it, it really makes you itch to get back on the ice and it makes you appreciate and be grateful. And so I know there are some nights when I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to practice tonight. It's a late night. I'm tired. But I know that'll probably change um, in the coming months when we get back onto the ice because I'll be pretty grateful for any ice time that we can get. And I know uh, whoever wins this uh, $100,000 prize from Chevrolet will be grateful as well. Again, if you want more information, you can go to at Chevrolet Canada on Twitter or follow the hashtag Good Deeds Cup on Twitter. Uh, Sarah, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot for doing this and, and the work that you're doing with Chevrolet. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Be Take well. Take care, Sarah. Say hi to everyone for us. I will. There is uh, Sarah Nurse and her cat, Olive. <laughs> which was handled perfectly by one star. By the way, star in the making, Olive. Did you see the breaking news, Sydney Sixero from Adrian Wojnarowski? There is a Woj bomb here. Yeah, there is a Woj bomb. Uh, yeah, let the people know. I did see it. Uh, let the people know, please. Adrian Wojnarowski, the Toronto Raptors have agreed to terms with OG Ananobi. Let's it is go. a four-year, $72 million extension for OG Ananobi. So once... It seemed like Giannis Attentacompo is staying for now in Milwaukee. The Raptors refocus and get OG Ananobi signed. And when you compare that to some of the other numbers being thrown out there, fits in there. Luke Kennard, four years, $64 million. So you're telling me Isaac Hayes was more expensive for the Magic. Isaac, Jonathan Isaac. So John, Isaac, Isaac Hayes would be amazing if you could sign Isaac Hayes. I can't believe I just said My I'd, goodness. I'd rather they sign Isaac Hayes, too. I think it's a better story. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac, pardon me. Jonathan Isaac for... And I, I, don't, I don't have anything against Jonathan Isaac. Love Isaac Hayes. Don't have anything against Jonathan Isaac. Time for Timonson. Time for Timonson. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Brian Burke and Mark Shapiro. Great second hour here on Tim and Sid. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. This is Tim McAuliffe. He's Sid Sixero. I'm Tim I'm Sid Sixero. He's Tim McAuliffe. seems like we might be having technical difficulties between myself and Sid Sixero as we can't hear each other. Dylan, we have some technical issues with Tim McAuliffe. We're trying to work, we're trying to work out. He's trying to talk to me. I can't hear him. Mark Shapiro, president of the Toronto Blue Jays, joining us here in a few seconds. Brian Burke, Sportsnet hockey analyst, will be joining us in a few seconds here on Tim and Sid uh, to talk about the return to play that is on the way. Um, being told, Mark Shapiro is on the line, president of the Toronto Blue Jays. Mark, how you doing? Welcome back to Tim and Sid. How are things, man? Mark, can you hear us? I got you. Okay, how you doing? How are things? Everyone stay safe? <laughs> Everything's all right. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Awesome, awesome. Timmy, you there? Before I get into it with Mark Shapiro, can we hear you? I think so. I was hey. here the whole time. Sorry. Technical. That's oh, a rare man. technical issue. I thought issues we were going to do it without Tim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you lost I the bet. Well, clearly you, you would have had bet, an issue. Shapiro. I could sense in your voice that you would have been highly disappointed, Mark, with that with that change of plans. I think you um, like Sid only. That's good. No, that's too much Sid. Um, all right, Mark. I know you don't control uh, all of these things, but are you a little surprised at the pace of this free agent off season to date? I, I think I've reached a stage where very little surprises me at all. Um, 
yeah, I, I think it, it, everything that we're dealing with is a reflection of so much uncertainty. And, you know, whether that's the pace of free agency linked to the unknown, you know, nature of the season next year, um, you know, the residual impact of last year, I think we're just, we're seeing everything, you know, evolve differently than we ever have before. And I think that's, that's universal. It's not just in baseball. It is, and we were talking about this as the the game of free agency has gone on, and I've heard it before kind of compared to a high-stakes poker game, but I would imagine that even in that poker game, having played it as much as you have in your career, with with the depth of the quality in this class, with the the, the balance of the pandemic kind of shifting every day, when you guys look at this landscape, is it more difficult to grasp um, what everyone else is doing than ever before? It is. I think, uh, you know, usually you can have a pretty good sense going into the off season. A, uh, if you study the people that, you know, you're competing against, what their needs are for one. And then two, historically kind of where they've kept payroll ranges and, comments from GMs, owners, in light of that, you can kind of get a sense for where your competition might be. Uh, this is a market where it's really, I think this, I think the reality is a lot of teams don't know, you know, what their payrolls are going to be because they're just uncertain of what revenues are going to be. And the revenues are tied so much to the, to the, the nature of how things are unfolding and things they don't know. How fast will the, will the vaccines get distributed um, you know, when they're distributed, how frequently will people be taking them? You know, how quickly will that impact people's not just the, the health of North America, but the psyche of a fan to return to the ballpark? And so many of these things affect revenue projections. And for so many teams, they tie payroll to revenue. Some teams are capable of not doing that. We're certainly an example of that this year. That's an aberration for us. Uh, and it's really due to the strength of our ownership and the size of our ownership. Mark Shapiro, Jay's president here on Tim and Sid. Mark, we're going we're gonna to kind of go all over the place here, so forgive me if, if this question doesn't completely That's follow right. what you were saying. Um, have you offered DJ LeMahieu five years? If, if so, say nothing. If not, say anything. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That, that's a perfect way for me to All get right, out of it, for me not to be able to spin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, you go. there you go. There you go. Um, do you um, – let, let me – I, I, I did want to follow up one okay, thing go ahead. Um, to the last question, and that is – the you know one thing you didn't ask it directly but you kind of said it in a statement um and that that is the nature of this free agency and even the trade market is there's not necessarily one way for us to get better that just fits perfectly with where our needs are and our team although it had distinct you know limitations last year doesn't have a distinct area of need because we've got alternatives we could feel uh, certainly places we could upgrade and get better, but we've got good alternatives or young alternatives at every single position. So that will enable us as things do uh, unfold and evolve to really move to wherever the, the greatest opportunity is to impact the team. That's why the one thing I'm most confident of, um, not sure where, not sure who, not sure whether it's trade, free agency, but I do know we're going to get better this offseason. I, I am extremely confident of that. Mark Shapiro, Jay's president here on Tim and Sid. 
Is is the trade market for starting pitching, Mark, a bit more robust than you anticipated? How would you characterize it? I think the trade market um, in general is just it's active. There are players out there that might not normally be out there. The hesitation is when there are free agent alternatives and we do have resources available, you know, we're going to be reluctant to give up our young players and our young talent because the, the, really the key to sustaining a championship level is, is to have a, a strong, healthy farm system. Now, we will make trades. We've done that you know, recently, and we'll do it again. But I think we'd like to exhaust the free agency or have a trade that's just a compelling fit for us and a compelling way to get better over multiple years. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I think it would take a certain criteria for us to move forward in the trade market uh, aggressively, not to say we don't, at, you know, towards the end deviate from that, but that would be after we kind of feel, okay, the, the, the free agent values and the market is not panning out the way we thought. Mark Shapiro joining us here on, on Tim and Sid. Um, how many potential free agents or, or guys that you are interested in are wanting to know where you play your home games? I think it's been, as we've been on the calls, it's been a question for every player. Most of the guys and the caliber of players we're talking about are not looking at one-year deals. So as they consider the Blue Jays, the compelling story is not where we play next year. It's, man, that is an exciting young team. I've heard incredible things about the kind of guys they are, about their belief in themselves, about what kind of teammates they are, about the environment of that clubhouse. You guys have a chance to win, and I want to be a part of it. And Toronto is a great place to play. It's an incredible city. It's, you know, international, safe, progressive, clean. Um, and, yeah, I know it might not be out of the box, you know, that we're there, but we know the bulk of this contract, we're going to be there. So, yeah, it's a question, but it has not been, you know, a defining question. Mark Shapiro, Jay's president here on Tim and Sid. Um we ran a clip Friday, Mark, of Dan Plezak on MLB Network, and he told the story about Toronto and why he signed a second time. And I've, I've rarely heard a guy, aside from yourself and Ross and other Jays employees, obviously, <laughs> speak about the city of Toronto as a free agent destination. And I know there's some fans maybe listening or watching this that say, whatever, they don't want to play in Toronto. Perception kind of matters if you're a person like Mark at this time of year. It all matters. Money matters. Perception, it all matters. Do you find, Mark, you're having different conversations with free agents today about the market and the country than you were when you first got the gig? Um, interesting. You know, I think there's an incredible level of awareness now of how good our situation is. I kind of view free agency, and I've said this, you know, all along. It's a, you know, a good agent helps guide a player through the free agent process by asking about the things that are important to him. You know, what are those things? It, sometimes it's where spring training is. It could be, it certainly should be how competitive a team is. Do you have a chance to win? It's who the manager is, who the pitching coach is. You know, what's the environment and clubhouse like? What's the culture of the team? And often. Is it a great city to be in? Is it north? Is it south? Is it rural? Is it rural? Is it urban, suburban, you know, type of city, uh, type of team? So different things are important to different guys. But usually the universal thing is, you know, they want to win. Uh, and obviously, I think if they're looking at us, they think I've got a chance to win, to be an important part of that, and to win for multiple seasons. 
and to do it with a bunch of really good guys. So I'm going to enjoy my job. And we all like to enjoy our job. We like to go to work. I mean, you know, I won't say which one of you, if, you know, but Tim, if you talk at first, you know, you'll answer this for me. But not everybody gets to go to work with someone they like every day. <laughs> you know what these gotcha these gotcha remarks these gotcha you questions no well, you know what so you're trying to trying to trying to trick me up with your words mark i, I understand what you're doing i understand what no you're leading, doing. hey no leading the witness Please. all right no i know, I know what a leading here, i know what a leading question is i've been asking my whole life mark i know what a leading question is go ahead Tim. i uh yes i, I agree <laughs> with you sometimes uh working with the people is very important uh when you're picking yeah. a, a new spot <laughs> Right. Yeah, I understand. Uh, speaking of working with people, uh, I got to get to this because we, we've kind of been mentioning it the whole show, Mark, and, and how the Jays were named the recipient of the 2020 Allen H. Selig Award for Philanthropic Excellence. Yeah. And listen, this pandemic for many, uh, for a lot of us, has been about introspection. And I know that some have used uh, every distraction to avoid looking inward, but I, I keep coming back to the idea, like no matter Canadian or American, left or right, north or south, uh, of this idea of being a good human should just trump all. And when yeah. I look at this award, that's kind of what it's about, just being solid contributors to the human condition. Like, how proud are you that this organization took home this award? I mean, I couldn't be more proud to be able to, you know, to be recognized for that and to recognize that, I get to work with people from ownership, the Rogers family, the Rogers executive team, to the people I work with, the Jays, the Jays Care Foundation, all of whom not only recognize that we have an opportunity, opportunity to positively impact our community, but we, uh, we really have an obligation. I mean, how many people can call their life's work Major League Baseball? And to me, I've always I, – I, I went into my dad's office when I was a kid uh, his home office every single night. And he had a quote from Winston Churchill on the wall. that said, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Um, it's just, to me, it's just a part of who we are and to look around and recognize how many people are struggling and to not utilize our platform, which we should do all the time. And I think we do do Jay's care leads us to do tremendous work, but to say, we have a chance to do something exceptional this year to provide over 8 million meals to impact, you know, so many kids that, you know, need virtual programming. And uh, I mean, to have a chance to do so many positive things to turn, turn uh, you know, our stadium, which we didn't even get to play a game in, into a food bank. So couldn't be a more meaningful award to be recognized for. It's all about, you know, hoisting a different trophy after the last game has been played, but a big part of working for a major league franchise, a big part of working for the Blue Jays is the chance. And, and, and the unique part is the chance to impact a community that is not just a city, but an entire country. So couldn't be more happy. Couldn't be more proud. It's, it's particularly meaningful in light of the year we've been through and we're about to turn the page on, fortunately. For those who don't remember, it was basically a $7.5 million response plan uh, and food insecurity was the start. We, we, I feel like this year has been so crazy, Mark, that you forget that the Rogers Center was basically a food bank. And we were just showing the pictures on the TV side of things. Um, the Jays donated uh, 8.1 million meals to food insecure Canadians. Like, all yeah. of these numbers are staggering. And it's, I know, I know that we're in the sports business, and I know I want to ask about a stadium. 
but just like congratulations and it's worth stopping and making sure that people remember these kind of things yeah happy happy to lead in that way and we're uh we're going to commit to continuing to do it it's it's an important part of our responsibility so as we pivot and uh, Sid, I think we were both going to the same spot and we were both rushing to that same spot. So I, I, <laughs> Go ahead. I beg Take your forgiveness. It. But Take I know, it. I know a refurbishing, a renovation, Mark, has kind of been on your mind in Toronto and the Rogers Centre since you got here. And I get it. It's, it's a way to maximize, a way to get more value out of the franchise to allow you to compete um, at higher dollar levels and maybe even compete for more of those free agents that we were just talking about mm-hmm. because you're bringing in more revenue. So it didn't surprise me to hear that the team was looking at a new stadium. Uh, how realistic do you think it is to build something new? Well, just historically, when we got here, there were some major opportunities. One was you know, to update a really the worst spring training facility in all Major League Baseball and as we're talking, we're moving into that building, which I can't wait to showcase to you. It's now the single best training and rehabilitation uh, center in all of Major League Baseball and a distinct competitive advantage, something else that comes up on all the calls with the free agents. We, we needed to upgrade a lot of the infrastructure and systems and, and process at the Blue Jays and, and really ensure that our culture was a strong one that identified the values that link scouting to development to building a major league team. And I think all those things have been done pretty well. The other big opportunity was the stadium because um, it is an incredible engineering marvel. It is, you know, still incredibly well kept and maintained. But in the modern stadium, the modern sports entertainment landscape, it doesn't provide either the ability to capture revenue in a, in a meaningful way that competes with the the largest markets or provide entertainment to different groups that might want to come to the games and create a compelling reason to come to a game unless we're winning. That's, that's the major reason. Um, so um, that was an opportunity we identified and we started to go down a road of, of a renovation. At some point we pivoted to a much bigger scale project and then the pandemic came along and, you know, every single thing went on hold except for, how do we maintain the health of our businesses and ensure the people that work for us are taken care of and provided for and mentally healthy uh, and come out of this well? So it will be picked up again at some point. But what you've heard about it being on hold is literally true. It's dormant right now. Uh, and it's also, as, as it has been reported, a much bigger project that, you know, we and I are just a small part of the baseball component of it. So, um, nothing to report because nothing's going on, but I would imagine at some point it still is the largest opportunity now that we've done the other things that exist for the Blue Jays business-wise, and it will be something that we rekindle at some point. Mark, I appreciate the plan is on hold, but I think some of the ideas around it uh, aren't necessarily. I think I think it's an interesting discussion. The one thing I wanted to bring up to you is, I mean, I, I remember I remember vividly the moment where a closed-roof idea was brought up in this city, and as you know, and as you figured out, April's and late September's October's in Toronto can be, how do you say, stupid weather-wise. Just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, there was a stretch remember, there in the 80s the way, where they... I remember, by the way, I moved from Cleveland. I didn't exactly Correct. move from Florida. <laughs> no, yes, Boca Raton, I realize that. Yes, I understand. <laughs> but it got, uh, but there, there, were some, there were some months when I was watching the Jays growing up 
where they played five games at home in April, and it was just ridiculous. You think? Do you think in this climate, from what you've seen, completely open air is the way, or is there some kind of Seattle type of hybrid thing you could do where there's still yeah. air coming in but it's still covered? Like, where do you stand on the roof? So I guess I would say this, and this is not. This is my personal opinion. This is not. This is where the project's going. I think there are um, more modern ways to create stadiums that have, to create ballparks that have roofs that close rather than stadiums or domes that are really stadiums that can, you know, open a small portion of it. So I still think creating a, you know, architecturally unique ballpark baseball focused experience that has character um, and a diversity of experience for fans is kind of where we would need to go if we got to that point of planning. Uh, But I would say this to you. If you do not have a roof in a cold weather environment uh, and you expect fans to come in any environment other than championship, you know, moments, you know, you are, you know, you are really creating a challenge for your business because, you know, not many people want to come out, even if they have tickets, not many people use those tickets. And I've lived that in Cleveland uh, where I sat there at nights in April and even into May and said, man. I can't imagine sitting out there, you know, listen, people did it when we sold out 455 straight games there in the mid nineties, but only because the demand was so high. But as soon as the demand fell, you know, those games would be very sparsely attended until it got warm. So I think you challenge your business when you create an open air stadium. It sounds great from July and August, but you know, it's like uh, you don't plan around, around part of the season when you realize that there's still two months, to three months where, you know, the roof is going to be an important part of playing and, and controlling the climate. I am so happy to hear you say that, Mark. Like the, 92, the, World, the 92 World Series would not have been played in Toronto. That yeah. October was just ridiculous. And everyone remembers just like, you know, a near triple play with Dion and all this great stuff that was going on. And no one remembers that it might not have happened if this piece of arcade. That's what bothers me about the Skydome debate whenever it would come up, Mark. It's, until this day, it kind of riles me up. There's a reason why that was kind of there. We can debate how it looks and it's cavernous and the bad audio they've had for like 30 years. I'll hear all of it. But the roof... Well, someone, as someone from the outside coming in, I can honestly tell you there has not been a day that I have been here in April and May after watching lake, you know, weather patterns come off the lake and trying to guess what was going to happen and delay games for an hour or two hours or not knowing whether to start on time and burning starting pitching and then sitting through miserable conditions. I am so appreciative of the roof here and the dome. Now, listen, it's maybe not the most – it may be a little bit dated in how it feels, uh, but I'll tell you this, when it's packed, it feels like it's brand new. So I think it's just it's a matter of it only feels incredible when it's packed right now. And there are modern, you know, ballparks that kind of have a special feel to them, even when they're not, you know, 100 percent packed. Uh, listen, it, we always enjoy the conversation and probably could go for a half an hour more every time. But uh, we know you got some other things to do besides. Just remember, podcast, enjoy, yeah, who, enjoy who you work with, guys. Just remember this that. Is, this is it's this very is important. Very true. Maybe one day you and Ross will become <laughs> friends. Maybe one day. <laughs> oh, you found uh, the secret. <laughs> uh, Take care, Mark. Hope you already had some great family yeah. time. I uh, hope you had a great yeah, Hanukkah. Uh, and if we don't talk to you, have a great New Year, okay? 
Great. Happy and healthy holidays. Appreciate you guys and look forward to talking to you in the new year. All the best, All right, Mark. Well. Thank you. There is Mark Shapiro. Um, on point on making sure that you work with someone you enjoy. And it's despite a, it's, a, it's a big thing. Despite the fact that Sid and I oftentimes uh, reveal that we are two completely agree different on, individuals. Agree on nothing. Agree on absolutely agree on very little in life. I do enjoy working with you. Like I laugh more than any other host yeah. on planet Earth. You know what, Tim? Right? After seventeen after seventeen years, I think I can safely say I hate listen, after I like that stuff earlier about falling through the ice, whatever happens, happens. I'm fine with it. As long as just just let me know. Right. No, I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. But we after seventeen guys, years, but we enjoy I, the time together. Yes, well, I can safely say we work well together. I think <laughs> after after seventeen years, boy, Mark's good. The way you phrase that, too, I. Mark's good. It's almost like he's an Ivy League guy or something. It's like he's, he's smart. Smooth. He's good. I think he's his good. son's Ivy League too. If I'm not mistaken, his son just <laughs> yeah, committed to do an point. Ivy League school. Good point. Play a little baseball. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have like a bunch of Jay stuff like on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, aren't we? Like it feels like it's gonna be that kind of thing. It's been too quiet. I, like across baseball. I was going to ask one quiet. more question, and I think you could tell. I, sorry, I walked all over. I was going to ask no, one no, more ahead. question. I was going to tell him that I'm going on vacation, and it feels like I've been waiting here patiently for something to happen. And I honestly feel like as soon as I go on vacation, <laughs> something's going to happen. Well, how about this? Because I've been thinking of this. Because Tim, there's a real possibility. Everything happens when you're gone. Like a lot of stuff. You have obviously a a a get back on the show pass for 15 minutes, regardless of what happens. If you want to get in on it, because yeah, you allowed me the opportunity when, when Maradona passed away not that long ago. You say that now, but if James Harden's a Raptor, you're going to want back on. <laughs> yeah. um, you're going to want back on. Speaking of the Raptors, OG Ananobi, uh, just before the, uh, the deadline of 6 p.m. Eastern, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, has inked a four-year extension for worth $72 million over nice. those four years. Uh, there's a couple other guys, just for perspective on this, because when you hear four years, $72 million, it's overwhelming, and I get it. It's $18 million a year. But um, if you look around the NBA, Luke Kennard just signed four years, same thing, extension, $64 million. Jonathan Isaac with the Magic, four years, $80 million. And Derek White in San Antonio, four years, $73 million. So not only did the Raptors get their wow. business done. Yeah. Wow. Not only Derek did the Raptors White. get their. <laughs> you want to tell me anything else about Derek White? Can you can you read my mind right now? Like I got yes. again nothing 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 against the late Isaac Hayes, nothing against Jonathan Hayes, nothing against Derek White. Right. Uh, these OG contract blows them out of the water. Blows them out of the water. Yeah, I mean a lot of it is these guys that are that are developing. And you're trying. It's it's a weird time for the NBA because they know that the draft and develop is so valuable. But like, I mean, Derek White's 26, right? But Tim, this is the, all this is is you're right. But it's also are they going to have a big year and is that number going to grow next off season? Because Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball did not get his deal right. with the Pelicans. They do not believe Lonzo is going to grow as a player like that. So the Pelicans are going to roll the dice and say, we can get him at the same number last year. He'll be restricted, but we can get him at the same number. These other kids, like OG, Raptors don't believe that. And, I'm, and I agree with that thought process. I agree with it. So it becomes a deal if he gets up to about 16 points per game, and I think he might be there. Yep. He'll get the opportunity. Absolutely. Because he can defend, and, you all, and everyone knows that. 
Yep, he can hit a three occasionally. You can get bo- if he gets a few more boards on top of it, Tim. Ooh, that's a nice signing for Masai. That's a nice signing. Um, all right, we're going to step aside. I don't know if you heard, the NHL's coming back. January 13th, NHL's coming back. Brian hey! Burke. Brian Burke has done an amazing job for most of 2020 talking about hockey that wasn't happening. Will join us to talk about hockey that is actually happening. And we thank him for it. Berkey next. Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. Love that OG contract. Love it. Devin writes in and says, uh, Tim, you have black crap on your head. Did you clean Devin? My uh, yeah, it's... my headphones are falling apart. So all right, uh, one day we'll get I'm headphones. Bald, it's like, go ahead, Timmy, forgive me. Uh, because I'm bald, it's like Velcro. I don't know if you yeah, have this yeah. problem. Well, you have that problem because there's so much gel in there, but it just it yeah. kind of sticks. You know, it still so, looks good, but whatever. But listen, as long as, as long as the nemesis got taken care of there, um, yeah, Tim's head is clean. Brian Burke is on the phone. Seems like the makings of a good segment. Uh, Berkey, I, I, before we get going, Burke, I mentioned it before the break. I want to say it again. I know I've said this to you on air a couple of times, so I don't want to sound repetitive. The job you and Jeff Merrick and Anthony Stewart and Justin Bourne did on Hockey Central at noon, day after day after day, when there was literally nothing going on, was extraordinary. And as we enter a stretch here where business is really going to pick up, still with free agency and entering the season, there's going to be a lot going on. I just wanted to congratulate you group again for that job it is it is wild what you pulled off and you should be extremely proud of it thank you very much for doing that well i appreciate your saying that those guys are all really talented we thought it was really important to keep talking hockey during the pause the hardest part was when we first went on break and then we said we focus on we get every gm and every coach on so we had tremendous guests for the first you know 35 or 40 days and then uh after that we started getting alumni on and former players so Producer does a great job getting guests, and those guys are all good to work with. Here, here. Brian Burke joining us here on Tim and Sid. You were also right about the time last week and how there was none. <laughs> they had to make an announcement, even if they didn't have all of the info. Are you good that they made the announcement, even though we're not sure where the Canadian teams are going to play? Yes, because we need to get a schedule in front of the fans as far as who we're going to watch, they're allowing fans into some buildings in the U.S., I think, right away, socially distanced. But I think the number one thing, when I used to run teams, the number one thing was to the league was get me the schedule. I can't sell anything until I have the schedule. So I think it's smart. sounds like it's one team in British Columbia, and they might have to, Vancouver might have to play out Edmonton for the foreseeable future. But um, I think it was the right thing to do. I think the league gets a, another their report card through the pandemic has been pretty amazing, and it continues. Brian Burke here on Tim and Sid. Berkey, what's the – we're all really elated that this got done. So there's the feeling of euphoria, even if Vancouver and maybe a couple of Toronto, Ontario teams have to have a different home for a while, even if it's just for camp, everyone's feeling really good about this, obviously. What's the one aspect of this when you get in the weeds a little bit? What clause did you read? that you thought could be problematic or you would not have liked as an executive in this league? Well, you're talking ugly shoes. You know, my analogy that I use a lot is if you and I are sitting on a park bench and a beautiful woman walks by and I say, hey, Sid, take a look, that's a beautiful woman. And you're not going to say, yeah, but she's got ugly shoes on. You can nitpick details till you die. But the fact of the matter is um, I find the taxi squad a really good innovation in this time. 
Um, I'm not sure some of the divisional alignments are perfect, but they're good. And if they play a baseball-type schedule, teams that have tough travel, like Minnesota's going to have tough travel, if they play a baseball-type schedule, that mitigates that damage. Are you okay with the baseball-type schedule? Like, as, as, as an executive, you know that those games are going to get rough. And when it's a, a compact schedule like this, and it seems like the rivalries will brew as we go along here, I mean, nine, ten games against the same team, are you a little worried about um, how physical this, be, this could be? And while it'll be amazing to watch, it could take its toll? Is Brian Burke worried that the hockey's going to be too physical? <laughs> I don't think so. Ain't gonna no. happen. No, not even on the toll that it takes on some of those players. That's why they have a taxi squad. Right, right. So you just this. So then, if I'm reading these tea leaves correctly, Brian Burke just loves everything that was put in front of him. Yeah, I, I like it. Look, you don't have a choice with the border closed. You don't really have a choice. So you got to have okay. We'll put the Canadian teams in their own division. That's the starting point. Then you say, okay, what else would make sense? And you say, okay, they're going to play each other eight or nine times. That's what they used to do in the original six days anyhow. So, yeah, I think there'll be more animosity. But what choice did they have? The Canadian teams can't cross the border. And if the U.S. teams cross the border, they have to quarantine for 14 days. This is a logical solution. Now, will it produce some black and blue hockey? Oh, God, I hope so. (laughs) Brian Burke here on Tim and Sid. All right, let's dive into the hockey. Because we've talked enough about everything else. So the Oilers, they make the announcement, and, and we expected it, Oscar Clefbaum not going to play. Um, and you assume they're going to take that four-plus million on the cap and maybe do something with it because there's surely enough free agents left to maybe do something. Uh, as you're looking at that North Division, Berkey, who are the four teams? Who do you like to come out of it? Well, the team that's best geared up for playoff success for me is Montreal. You know, they added a backup goaltender, so Carey Price will truly be rested going into the playoffs. They brought in Edmondson. They got Josh Anderson, so they got bigger and tougher. Uh, and the emergence of their two young centers in their turn to play with Kotke, Nemi, and Suzuki, I think they've got the most playoff-ready team. I think Toronto's next. Um, I like the moves they made. We'll see if uh, if this type of hockey suits them. But I like them in this two-hole. Calgary, for me, made the biggest changes to improve their team, and I like them. And then I'm going to wait and see on the other ones. So what will cause more of a stir, the fact that the Canadian team or a Canadian team is basically guaranteed into the Final Four or that three of those teams that we're talking about here are going to miss the playoffs? What do you think causes more of a stir? Because I think if you look at six out of the seven, they all kind of sort of expect to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's good when your team – right now it's good to be with a Canadian team. They're all moving the right way. I yeah. think Vancouver was treading water this summer. They had two big losses. They brought in Nate Schmidt. But they've got enough top-end players that they can win a playoff series. Um, Winnipeg's just a good, reliable team, and they got the best goaltender in Canada in the last two years. So they all have expectations, which is great. Ottawa is going to be really hard to play against. And so if the game gets to be 4-1 to one, either way against Ottawa, you're going to see a tough game. Is the trading done, Berkey? Like I know, guys are going to get signed. I know there's going to be deals, but I'm not. I'm seeing a lot of teams up against it. Like I don't, as 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 a cynic, I don't see a lot of possibilities. But am I? I've been wrong before. Am I wrong? Do you think there'll be some movement? Well, there has to be because there are a couple teams still over the cap. Yeah. So there's going to be some for moves. Sure. Now it's going to be widespread. The cap has made it much harder. It was much more fun for me as a GM before the cap. 
Now, the cap is a great development. It's, it's produced parity. It's given lots of teams hope. But the one thing it, it stills or, or chills is the trades. So Tampa, it can't chill chill the trade that much. Like Tampa's got like who's in more trouble, Tampa or Las Vegas in your mind? Flip a coin. They're both in yeah. trouble, and they both have high expectations. And the price tag for moving money isn't going down. So you're going to call a team and say, if you want a guy making four million dollars, yeah, we'll take him. But it comes with a first and a second, or it comes with two firsts. So the prices aren't going down; they're going up. Even with a guy who could help a team as much as, say, I don't know, Alex Kalorn? Yeah, I, well, I, I think to move that money, uh, I like Alex Kalorn a lot. But right. I think if I was going to take that money off a team that's over the cap, I'd want a premium. Right. If uh, Well, I mean, the other, the other aspect is if, if Nikita Kucherov can't go, and Elliot Friedman reporting earlier today, there are some rumblings about his, his injury situation right now. Like, that's, that's nine and a half mil. I mean, if he's LTIR, that, that takes care of a lot. The one thing I saw today, Berkey, I hated, and this is just Twitter being Twitter, and it's just idiotic, but in, immediately when Elliot reported that on Kucherov today, the feeling was, well, there's some cap circumvention. And I'm, really? With a player of that ilk, really? You're going to go down the road of, of cap circumvention? It was just it was disappointing and idiotic to me. It was a ridiculous take. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think these teams have deals they can do, but they don't like the price tag. I think Tampa Bay probably has a deal in their back pocket that they can do, but they're trying to drive the price down. No question. Brian Burke here on Tim and Sid. Uh, we talked about that North Division, Berkey. Before we let you go, that East, though, oh. uh, you're looking at Boston, and I'm assuming Boston will get healthy at some point. I'm not too worried about the early part of their like, season. Hold on. I like the Burke. Yeah, oh, the I, Berkey. I buried the oh, lead on the O. Oh. It's a group of yeah. death. Where do you go with that? Like, who are the four? Well, I'm not sure. I will tell you this. The one thing I'd worry about if I were Boston is if they have a slow start with the injured guys. Oh, they said today Brad Marchand is likely going to be ready to go. But if they have a slow start in a short season, you could fall out of it and not get back in. But that is a group of death. They're all teams that they, they all expect to be better. And I think Boston's ready to take a step backward myself because of the loss of Tory Krug. And maybe Chara. I think Zdeno Chara is a very important player on their team. And I think Tori Krug was an important guy. I, I agree with you. Does it not feel, though, like, like Zdeno is going to go back? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. All right. I was just worried that you were thinking that maybe he was going to move on like Tori Krug. But I, from what I heard over the weekend, it sounds like he might do a, another one-year deal with Boston, right? Yeah, I think so. It would be so bizarre to see him in another year. <laughs> like Krug's so underrated too. Oh, Krug is Krug's going to be hit, no question. But uh, I, it's, uh, just Char, I, I couldn't see him playing for another team either, unless of course he does. Um, <laughs> Brian, it is terrific uh, to talk to you about hockey stuff on the ice, and we know when it's coming. And uh, it just it was fun. So thanks again for jumping on with us. If we don't get a chance to uh, to talk to you again, I don't think we will. Have a great holiday to you and yours. Enjoy it. Well yeah, deserved. And I enjoy coming on the show. You guys are excellent. And uh, to all the people who are listening, happy holidays. Stay safe. Thanks, Burke. You too. All right. You okay. Too. See you guys. There is Brian Burke right here on Tim and Sid. What about Pacioretty? Like you were I saying, like... you, didn't see, you didn't see trades, but. Like, I no, there are a couple. Yeah. No, you're right. I should have yeah. phrased it differently. There are a couple teams that have to make trades. But right. I'm thinking, like. Like if you're a Canadian team and you're up against it, do you do you see possibilities out there? 
because some of these guys that have to go there, as you know, Tim, like with Pacioretty, seven million is not the most in the league. It's not a nothing ticket. That's a big ticket. And I right. like Max Pacioretty. He's coming off a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you define a year in that COVID break. But uh, I just don't. I don't know how many teams that are up against the cap that don't face that type of situation that are just under it. I don't know how much of that we're going to see. But even there's good players that aren't signed. Like uh, as I'm thinking about what I you're know. saying, here's what here's how I think it's going to break down. Here's what I think it's going to break down. I think there's a couple teams that have to get under the cap. Everyone else close can maneuver, move things left and right before they have to make the deal. They'll start signing the RFA. Or so they'll start signing the RFAs that are still out there because there's just some significant ones out there. Of course, and they'll start signing free agents. At a low number, none of them want term because they're hoping the cap goes up next year and they're able to get their long-term deal with a little more security given the fact that we might have vaccines and all that. And then you'll start to see trades early in the season as teams try and figure out what they have. But with all this, like, you just want to get ready for the start of the season. I mean, blink it, it's here. It's January 13th. It's coming, man. It's coming. I feel like... I feel like you're going to have signing of the free agents that remain. The RFAs will get done, and then teams are going to have to figure out their cap after that, and that's when you'll start to see the trade market open up. Like Matthew Barzell's not signed yet. Like you talk that's, restricted guys. Like there are some yeah. restricted guys. You know, you never. I'm not falling down the Sebastian Aho uh, uh, hole again. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fall for that. No one's gonna actually like. Maybe you offer an offer sheet, but. No one's gonna. No one's gonna just let that happen and lose a player. Um, although you want to screw somebody right now, Timmy, throw an offer sheet out there. You want to really get a team in trouble who maybe can't afford it. <laughs> you make some enemies. Make some enemies. We just talked to a gentleman who has a bit of a history with that on the receiving end. But uh, it this every see this is what I'm saying, Tim. I don't you know do, if anyone I, does I, it now. I, I'm with I don't you. think anyone does it either. But it's it's a possibility. It's 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 always a possibility in the CBA. I don't, I, I, I don't buy it. I'm not buying what people are selling on it. But to completely discount it, I think it's a mistake. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, OG's official in Toronto. We will discuss that and whether or not there's any chance that James Harden and if this officially puts the final nail in the coffin of anyone suggesting that the Toronto Raptors are in on James Harden. Next, I'm Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Tim and Sid, Coast to Coast, Sportsnet TV, and radio. Earlier in the show, I brought up the idea that was floated on the interwebs, that there's a possibility the Toronto Raptors were interested in James Harden. And for those who don't know, Sid and I are sitting on a Zoom call. We look at each other oftentimes while talking, which is why if you're watching on TV, we're looking below the camera so that we can see each other and sometimes see the reactions. Sid, your reaction when I said James Harden was interesting. <laughs> I I don't I don't want that to happen. Okay. Like what's the price? Well, let's, let's start with that. So what's your price? If Paul George they were asking blank for Paul George and OKC. And that conversation happened with Masai. Numerous insiders confirmed it. And Masai is not doing that. What's the ask now? For a guy like Harden. Never mind his talent, which is immense. Never mind when he doesn't feel like showing up, he just won't show up. Never mind that he turned down 50 mil a year. 
Never mind the other stuff. I'm talking strictly cost. What the hell does that look like for the Toronto Raptors? You have a first-year GM in Houston who doesn't want to get screwed on the deal. So what does that mean for Masai? Like, to me, that's almost a non-starter right there. OG. It's got to be Pascal. Yeah. Nope, 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 and nope. Like, I don't see the fit. I just don't see the fit. And, and, I, and I see a similar non-fit with other teams. I, I'm not convinced Ben Simmons is getting traded from Philly for, for this guy. I, I just, it's a very, very complicated. If you believe, if you're Daryl Morey, well, we listen, I believe if he wanted to trade Ben Simmons, he would have already, and he hasn't. Right. So that, uh, to me, that tells you something in, in Philly, but I'm just. I'm with you. I just, I, I think, just think James right Harden, away, I think he hurts everything that you have built. And it's a damning statement, but I think most Raptor observers, not all, but I think most Raptor observers completely agree with you. Yeah. I've had the same reaction. That's quite crazy, I, yeah. I have family who don't really watch the Raptors that closely, who when I mentioned this rumor from like a, a low-level radio station in Houston, not a low-level radio station, but low-level radio host in, in Houston, when I mentioned that rumor, the response I got was, oh, for, for Pascal and Harden as the nucleus of a deal. I got that I got that response from numerous people, some of which are not basketball heads. It's just uh, I I don't think it's a good idea. But I don't run a basketball team. So who knows? But I don't think it's a good idea. Me either. Um the Raptors have made OG official with a statement uh that includes a quote from general manager Bobby Webster who says OG is the epitome of the skilled, powerful, determined player we want in our organization long term. <laughs> it's, it's almost as if he said it aiming at what we're talking about with James Harden. But he yeah. goes on to say, remember, he doesn't shoot to miss. We're really pleased that OG will be with us for <laughs> seasons to come. That he doesn't shoot to miss, if you don't remember, game winner from the corner. And OG was asked about it, and here's what he said. How do you, how did you stay so cool after such a big part? Oh, like, cause when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. Like every shot I shoot, I try to make it. So I was gonna act surprised, but I wasn't surprised. Every shot I shoot, I expect to make it. Legendary Yoga Yogi Berra s words from OG Ananobi. Brilliant. Forget how like doesn't everything in 2020 feel like it was eons ago? Yeah, I've lost all sense of time. <laughs> I, I have. I've lost all sense of time, and I, and, I, and I don't apologize for it. And I think there are a lot of people in the same boat. Yeah, uh, and that OG Ananobi feels like it was three years ago, and yet it wasn't really that long ago. Uh, this is my last day of 2020. I took my uh, last, last days of vacation to spend time with my family over the holiday season. Uh, more walks, more skating, as we discovered earlier, Sydney, will be what I do with my vacation over the holidays. Uh, crazy, but because um, of this vacation, this will be the last day on the Tim and Sid show for this year, 2020, dear God, 2020. And as tough as this year has been for both Sid and I, um, we really, really, really think it's important to take the time and say thank you. So we do. 2020 has been tough. 2020 has been a year that went from uncomfortable to painful, from frightening to raw. 
And while it's true 2020 has left many of us wondering what's next, it's also taught us to remember how important it is to say thank you. To be grateful, to remember what's truly important, family and friends, right over wrong. And we just wanted to take a moment and say how remarkably proud we are that through it all, we never went away. It said true friends never leave you in hard times. Whether we were doing three hours of radio in the kitchen or the closet, even concocting a television studio in our basements, we understood how important it was to lose yourself in a fun debate. You are the one changing the facts. When LeBron left, he didn't quit on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He didn't go on with John Thompson and have a... Book his jersey up in Boston after he lost the last game. And he carried them. And Vince carried the Raptors for a while, too. To remind ourselves what it's like to laugh. How are you 43 years old and you still don't realize that exercising gives you energy? I don't believe in the science. <laughs> that deep belly laugh with your friends. What condiment? Condiment, condiment yes. The point of it is I could just go buck on that hot dog with no confidence, is what I'm saying. We've lost him for a moment. He'll come back. I've worked with him long enough. He'll come back. And how there is never a wrong time to do the right thing. I won't be silent no more. I won't. You know, I'm going to work tirelessly to, to do what I believe in, you know, to eradicate racism in our game. And in many cases, it would have been much easier to run and hide, to keep doing the jokes, and to stick to sports. But true friends are those rare people who come find you in dark places and lead you back to the light, which is why we are both so incredibly grateful that in the middle of the darkness, there was our staff and crew reaching out with a hand. That so many people we call friends of the show were there reaching out with a hand. And then there were you, the Timmons citizens, because as we learned, even through the tough times, it's important just to be there. For as much as we were there for you, you were there for us, and we'll never forget it. So thank you. Thank you. I can't, I can't follow that, Timmy. It was perfect. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to McAuliffe, our whole team, everyone who helped out. And thank you for watching and listening. It's been, it's been a hell of a year. God bless all of you. And enjoy your vacation, Timmy. I'll enjoy your vacation. Best. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'll take some pictures of the forest while I'm walking around. <laughs> be careful. Watch the rinks. Watch the ice. Right? Just be <laughs> yes. safe. I will. We'll talk to you soon. Tim's off. Take care, everybody. This is Tim and Sid.